Let's talk about music, baby. Let's talk about astral world. Waiting for the people to come in. So we can get started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I should just get started. Hey there, my name is Lexi, and thank you so much for joining me today. In this stream, I'm going to be talking about the tragedy that happened at Astral World. Um, I didn't originally want to speak about it because there are already so many others speaking about it, but you know, I would like to give my take on it and be a little more involved with the culture and um, be a little more involved with current events that are happening. So we're talking about the Astral World tragedy today. If that's something you are interested in hearing about and hearing my thoughts on and possibly joining the conversation, then stay tuned. A week ago or so, a week or two ago, um, Astro World, which is apparently a festival held by Travis Scott and it's a two day event that went down in Houston, Texas a week or so ago. And just the different reports that I've been hearing about it. I've watched a lot of different videos and heard a lot of different commentary and heard a lot of people's um, different views on the whole thing. And there are a lot of thoughts. Uh, first off, how, well, I should say first off, I am not a fan of Travis Scott like that. So I don't follow his music. I don't follow his actions. I don't know how his concerts usually are. Um, and so my first initial thought before it was released that there were deaths at his concert and there was so much craziness. My initial thoughts were, damn, I didn't know his concerts were that way. And I don't listen to his music. So initially I thought, you know, this isn't something that I need to worry about. But then you start hearing about all of the crazy things that were happening as far as apparently he's gotten into trouble before for encouraging his crowd to rage out mosh pit like situations, encouraging his crowd to attack people. Uh, there's a, a video I saw specifically where he stopped a show because someone, I guess they were pulling him into the crowd and someone was attempting to take his shoe. So he was encouraging the crowd around him to jump this guy, F him up, stuff like that. Um, people have gotten injured at his, at his concerts before. He's been charged for inciting a riot. And I did not know he was this kind of artist, to be perfectly honest, because as I said, I don't follow Travis Scott. I like a song of his from years ago. I think it's called Antidote. And I want to say I was working in the gyms during those times. That's how long ago that was, a few years. But I've never followed his music like that. So I And I, I was never interested in going to a show by Travis Scott because honestly, if I don't relate to the music, then I'm not really going to be a fan of it. And that's when anything that's not rocket science, it's not any new school of thought, but I just don't rock with him like that. So I didn't know the extent to which his concerts were held and how he encourages his people to act when he's at the concerts. So those are my initial thoughts on the whole thing. Like, ah, I'm not worried about this because I'm, I'm not a fan. This is not a conversation I can be a part of because I don't follow his music. But that is where I was wrong in my thinking. Of course, as an artist myself, I'm always looking at situations by artists who have already made it to that major level. And I'm always trying to look for things to educate myself on and to make myself aware of because I am going to be on that level very soon and I need to know how to handle some of the situations these people are put into. So that being said, I did write down some notes to try to keep my mind um, on track for this whole thing. But all of that being said, that's when stories started coming out of how horrifying the first day of World was. So apparently uh, Travis Scott 
was encouraging fans to, if you didn't get your tickets, break in, jump the barricades, sneak in, do some illegal stuff, basically. And then videos surfaced of people stampeding to enter into the park where Astro World is being held. And, oh, I just I just thought about the, con- I'm going to write down here so I don't forget. I just thought about the conspiracies surrounding um, the imagery of the design for the whole park. So that's another layer that we'll get into. But yeah, you see videos popping up of people breaking through barricades and stampeding into the park when the event first starts. And you hear reports that the event was over capacity and there should not have been that many people, ticket holders, at the event like that should have been capped at a smaller number so when you think about that and then you think about the fact that apparently Travis Scott encouraged people to sneak in so everything is over capacity so the measures that may have been put into place or the lack thereof because there's a lot of people to blame in this whole situation the measures that were put into place were put into place for a certain amount of people and to corral and encourage a certain pattern of movement amongst however the however many people were predicted to be at this event. So right off the bat, that's a security issue. That is an organization issue when people, there are way too many people than were intended for the event or expected. So there's irresponsibility on the part of Travis Scott for encouraging people to do something illegal. Is it illegal? I mean, you shouldn't do it. It's looked down on at best. But, you know, security-wise, the people that you have hired for security to try to keep things under control other than the artist, because we're going to talk about how the artist is in control of influencing the crowd. As much as these newer artists would like to deny that they have any kind of influence or responsibility, that's BS. You do have a responsibility to your supporters especially in situations like this. So like I said, the videos of people coming into the concert, it's over capacity. There are way too many ticket holders and then there are people sneaking in. And then you start to hear about the conditions of the people standing around. There are no assigned seats at festivals. It's all general admission. You get in where you fit in, but there were too many people. And so you hear these stories about, you know, People standing too close to each other, um, they can't breathe or they're not in control of their own movements because they're at the mercy of the movements of the rest of the crowd or however they're being pushed. Um, And then people, I forget what that barricade is called, but it's like the press space between the stage and then there's a barricade and maybe like five to 10 feet of dead space where maybe press and media might be to take pictures. But That space is supposed to be meant for people to, if there is an overflow or an influx of people, you can kind of push that back or pull people over the barricades um, to alleviate some of the crowd surge. And that's a new term that I learned after all of this. Um, I heard that the people who were at the front, who were right up against this barricade, were being crushed And people who were just in the density of it, the crowd density was way too thick. People, like I said, were not able to control their own movements. They weren't able to move. They were being compressed. It was hard for them to breathe because they were so close together. I can only imagine if you also have like claustrophobia or anxiety. I think I would get anxiety with something like that. My instinct would tell me immediately to get out of that situation because I don't like people all up on me like that anyway. So I don't know why it's appealing for everyone to be crammed into a space like that just to see Travis Scott. But again, I'm not a fan of his, so I don't understand the mind of his fans. And if anybody wants to hop in on this conversation while I am on here, then please feel free to do so. Um, But yeah, it's just, and then you hear about, you know, the pyrotechnics that were included and just the atmosphere, the lights, the density of the crowd. Um, it's hot. People are saying they can't breathe. You got the flames throwing up because there's, you know, the pyrotechnics going off. 
And it just sounds like, even before the reports of death, it just sounds like that doesn't sound like a good time. Like, why would you want to be in those conditions, you know? Let me see. So... I'm already the kind of person, I don't like being in large crowds. There are so many things about my personality that direct, directly conflict with what I would have to do, what I would be expected to do as a super star. <laughs> so I, I wonder, I don't know why I'm so attracted to this field, this career, this passion. And there are so many things that seem to directly contradict who I am and how I am. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, immediately though, the reports that I'm hearing, it's just like, why, how can you enjoy yourself going to a concert where people are struggling to breathe and they're so close to you that you couldn't even dance if you wanted to enjoy the music. So you, you can't move around. You're just standing there trying not to get pushed over because if you get pushed over, you'll be trampled over and stomped on. And there's another layer of who is to blame for this other than Travis Scott, other than security, it's the people themselves, the people at the concert. And I'll get into that as well. But so you hear about these terrible conditions and there's, you know, a popular video going around of this guy talking about, it felt like we were in hell. Like I've never seen anything like it and no one could breathe and it was hot and people were passing out left and right. And there were three hour waits for the water station and it's just so many things. And then you start hearing the reports coming in of people passing out, but the, some of the people who passed out were dead, or there was the initial report of someone walking around injecting people with drugs. And it's just scary. It's just horrifying. And then you hear more stories of people being trampled to death. Well, not trampled to death, but they couldn't breathe, and so people were going into cardiac arrest because their lungs don't have the space to expand because the density of the crowd is so thick, and because there's no room, you can't even, you can't dance, you can't wiggle around. Like, I can only imagine how scary that must be, especially, as I said earlier, if you might struggle with claustrophobia or anxiety. That just does not sound like a good time to me. And then people are passing out. There's a lack of water. And, you know, you see videos of like the girl and the guy trying to talk to the cameraman asking him to stop the show. And then there's another video and I'm not going to play any of these clips. You can go Google it. You can look on Instagram, Twitter. They're still floating around. I think there are a few threads on Reddit that have a lot of these videos as well. But there's the girl pleading with the cameraman, please stop the show. There's video of people chanting to Travis towards the stage or to whoever, to whoever crew they could find, stop the show. Um, there's a video of what looks like Travis Scott directly looking at someone being carried off. You can see there's a video of ambulance in the middle of a sea of people trying to get through, but it's not able to get through because either no one's moving or maybe they did actually get to the person they were intending to get to. I don't know. Um, and then I heard there are videos going around allegedly, of Travis Scott being told by security or by organizers or by crew, hey, this is going on. We should maybe stop the show so they can get things under control. And they say that he is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, apparently there's a video of him saying, like people trying to warn him, like people yelling at him, you know, um, stop the show. Who says stop the show? Y'all know what y'all are here for. Like I, I haven't actually seen those particular videos, but I've heard about it. So it's just crazy to me. It's really crazy. I've been to only a few concerts in my life. I've never felt like my life was in danger being at these concerts. And again, I didn't know what... Cause he's just not an appealing artist to me anyway. I don't listen to his music like that. I don't know what he talks about. Well, I know in that one song he's talking about drugs, about antidote or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't... So being at his concert, it doesn't appeal to me. So I wouldn't know what the culture is of going to a Travis Scott concert. But I can tell you from experience, I've only been to a few concerts. What concerts have I been to? Let me think. I've been to... My first ever concert was Scream Tour 4. And that was 
B5 was supposed to be there, but they weren't there. I was very upset about that. But Pretty Ricky was there. It was Omarion. It was Bow Wow. It was um, Marcus Houston. They were there in an arena. This was in Houston, actually, too. Um, in an arena, assigned seating. I was 12 or 13. And then my sisters were like 13, 14, 15. My friends around my age. And then my mom was with us. We all went to this concert and assigned seating, you know, very organized. I never feared for my life. All I thought about at that concert was having fun. <laughs> and then um, my next concert after that was probably Chris Brown and Bow Wow went on tour. I got to see in Hawaii. I got to go to some concerts, didn't I? A few. Yeah, Chris Brown and... Chris Brown and uh, Bow Wow had a concert. It was, I don't think Bow Wow showed up at that concert though. So it was just Chris Brown that night, which was fine. I wanted to see Bow Wow, but Chris Brown was a bigger star at that time. Um, was he? I can't say that with uh, with confidence. But yeah, Chris Brown, that's when Take You Down came out and that was a great performance. He had the little platform and it would like shift up and down and he was like harnessed to the platform. Again, that was in Hawaii. That was assigned seating. Never once did I fear for my life. Never once did I think I'm not going to make it out of here. And then I've gone to, in Hawaii as well, Lil Wayne came. And this is where he introduced Drake to the world, or at least to us there in Hawaii. Assigned seating. Again, never feared for my life. I was only worried about having fun. People are just there having a good time. And then... The next concerts I've been to, I was working backstage, so I wasn't in the crowd, but I could see how the crowd was. Uh, Summer 16 with Drake and Future, Justin Bieber. I don't remember the name of his tour. Not Summer 16. Is it Summer 16? Sweet 16. Something like that with Drake and Future when they toured together. Justin Bieber and then Beyonce, <laughs> her um, Formation World Tour. All of them super organized assigned seating so there is a way of counting capacity but even then it wasn't booked out to capacity because whatever seats are behind the stage they don't book those out because it's not a 360 view um and it's just so I've been to enough concerts and I can tell you I have never feared for my life going to a concert I have never felt like I was in danger every time I've oh in a festival I have been to where there wasn't exactly assigned seating but it was like, and it was an old school concert. Elda Barge, uh, Tina Marie. Those are the only two I remember because I don't know who else was singing at that particular thing. And then there was a party for the younger people after that. Like, I never feared that I wouldn't make it home. I never felt unsafe. I mean, sometimes there are fights at these things. But in general, everyone is just having a good time. And everyone is just there to dance and enjoy the music. So... I don't know. And as I said, like mosh pits and raging, that's not something that's appealing to me, even though I have done a semi mosh pit. No, there was that time I went to that, um, to that EDM concert. That's probably as close to a mosh pit as I have ever been where everyone, you know, the DJ tells you to jump and everyone's just jumping, having a good time. And you're really close doing that, but everyone's like on the same wavelength. Everyone has the same energy. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't listen to his music and I did not know the culture of his concerts. But when you hear about all of the reports coming out of how his concerts typically are, then you know, if you're a fan of him, you kind of should know what to expect. So that's one aspect of it. But hearing about all the deaths, it's just horrifying, horrifying. Never in my life, never have I been to a concert and feared for my life. So the fact that these people were so scared. And then I saw another video where this girl showed, um, she screen recorded something that Kylie posted where she was like, wow, the concert was so lit. And you could see all these shoes were left behind. And when you compare that to the fact that people were saying how scared they were, how terrified they were, I've heard reports of people saying, um, you know, it felt like they were floating. They were literally pulled out of their shoes. They couldn't touch the ground because the crowd was so crazy. The crowd was surging so crazy. 
I don't think that's something you want to brag about because I know I'm not trying to lose anything that I bring to a concert. I'm not trying to lose anything of my possession ever when I go anywhere. It's not my intent. It's not my intention to lose stuff, you know? So that's scary. And it looked like a damn war zone. Some people in comments that I was reading, they were comparing it to concentration camps. You know, you see, it's a very eerie imagery. You see all these shoes um, just thrown about all over the place and the floor is dirty and it looks like some post-war time concentration camp. That's what a lot of people were comparing it to. Um, I don't know if that was an exaggeration or not. I wouldn't necessarily say it was an exaggeration because if people were that scared, then it's like, yeah, a mass, a mass murder, a massacre. Um, I don't know. And then you hear more reports. Oh, over 300 people were injured. But then you, but then you hear that only eight people died. So to me, the math is not adding up. Um, although people rarely die at these things, uh, it just, to me, seems strange that eight is the number that kept being publicized. And then if you want to get into a little bit of conspiracy with that, there were eight flames on stage, eight deaths that night. We'll save that for maybe a little later in this in this segment. But yeah, it's just absolutely horrifying. I could not imagine going to a concert that I expected to have a good time at and then ending up fearing from my life being so scared that I'm leaving my shoes oh there were clothes all over the floor that apparently had been ripped off because the crowd was so crazy and it's just it's just crazy to me so let's get into you know what is the culture of a Travis Scott concert apparently mosh pits and raging that's what he does and then you look at his videos I don't know how people allow themselves to get into that energy, but maybe that's what they want. Again, I'm not into it, so I can't relate in that way. But um, so let's talk about as an artist having crowd control, having uh, crowd participation and commanding your crowd. What I can commend Travis on is knowing his audience and having created a culture, having created an experience that people can look forward to coming to his concerts if they're into that kind of behavior, if they're into that kind of activity. So I can commend him on having found something that he connects to his fans with and then using that to create an experience at his shows. Now, where the blame comes in, as artists, we are going to have a different effect on people. As celebrities, I should say. As celebrities, we're going to have a different effect on people than regular people. As a celebrity, so many people want something from you. They want your attention. They want your approval. They think you're so cool. Some people are even like thought to be godlike just because they're a celebrity and they seem so untouchable, even though they're just men and women just like us. So there comes in this factor of, I don't know, excitement or people can't control themselves when it comes to dealing with a celebrity because a celebrity seems so far removed from most people. Um, Even for myself, I mean, only person I can really say, I was like, oh my God, wow. I can't believe Beyonce is walking past me. (laughs) When I saw Beyonce, um, that, oh God, that was a dream come true. And all she did was walk past me. Like she's a regular person, but... I think people get caught up in, wow, you've, this person has achieved so much. I want to be in their space or, you know, how cool is it to be noticed by this person or I don't know, to follow directions by this person. I don't know. But for me, you know, and maybe it's because in my mind, I'm already meant to be amongst these people. So I ain't really tripping off no celebrity. I don't care who you are. I could really care less. I don't, in a lot of situations, I don't give a F who somebody is. Most of the time, I don't know who the person is, but that's another story. Um, so for me, like, it's not a big deal when I see a celebrity. They're just this person who has happened to accomplish a lot of things, and that's just what it is. But when you look at how people were acting, I think what's very scary for me in regards to commanding the crowd 
and then the kind of people who are going to the show. I can't really speak on the demographic. I, I mean, it looked like mostly white people at that show, but, and I mean, rock concerts are more known for mosh pits and things like that. But you look at the kind of energy that's being expressed or the kind of energy that's being encouraged at this concert. It's raging, it's wilding out, it's encouraging people to do illegal things, it's encouraging people to break in, encouraging people to break past security barriers. So it's an environment of chaos that's being created. It's an environment of disobedience, of civil unrest. I don't know. Oh, that's that's going too deep, civil, civil unrest. It's basically just encouraging risky behavior, encouraging chaos. So when it comes to part of who to blame, yes, we have to blame Travis Scott. He is partially to blame. He's not the only one who should be getting the blame, but it starts with him and the kind of environment he's created and the kind of energy he's encouraged and the kinds of things he has been encouraging people to do, the actions he's encouraging. He's encouraging chaos. So you're encouraging people to act a certain way, which is made a hundred times worse because you're over capacity and people can't move. They're packed into this tight space. Well, maybe not a tight space. I don't know the, uh, I don't know the dimensions of the park, but you just have this influx of people and then you know you have influence over them to where if you tell them to rage out, they're going to go do it. You tell them to break in, they did that. They broke into the concert. And so it gets out of hand and you're allowing the audience, you're allowing the crowd to get out of hand. So as an artist, we have to understand that we have immense amount of influence, more so than regular people. As a celebrity, you have more influence and more, more say, more influence. Just, just leave it at influence. As a celebrity, you have way more influence over a huge number of people compared to the regular person. So it is an artist's responsibility at a concert, you would think, to make sure that your supporters and your fans are safe. So what's frustrating for me in this story and then I didn't even mention about the story that I heard of the nine-year-old who was at the concert. Whether it was age-appropriate or not, the fact that his dad passed out and fell, so that exposed the boy to the crowd, and he was stomped on. Like, we're going to get to the people in this situation, but focusing on Travis Scott and his command of the audience as an artist... A lot of us who are just starting out, we don't have hundreds of people. We don't have thousands of people at the show. I blame Travis and the fact that as a celebrity, we have more influence. So you're telling people to act a certain way. At what point do you bring it back in, like reel it back in? So... I've seen a lot of comments this past week where some people are actually trying to absolve Travis Scott of any responsibility when it starts with the artist. The artist sets the tone for the show. The artist sets the energy. And you're less likely to see this kind of behavior at an R&B concert or, I don't know, country or bluegrass kind of concert because the music just won't have that kind of energy, that kind of effect on people. But Travis Scott is very well aware of the kind of energy he brings and the kind of energy he promotes for his shows. So knowing that you have that much influence over people and knowing how your people will get rowdy and will and will act up, like... At what point do you say, okay, when it gets here, I need to maybe dial back a little bit and tell people to chill out because you still want people to enjoy the show. If you are causing such a chaotic environment to where people are no longer even listening to the music, they're not enjoying the show, they're having a terrible experience, they're passing out, people are dying, people can't move around, they can't dance, like 
that doesn't sound like a good experience to me. That doesn't sound like an experience or a culture that our concert culture that I want to be involved in. So that's the part that's baffling to me. And I don't know Travis Scott personally. I don't know his personality because like I keep saying, I do not follow this man. I don't follow anything he does. Um, I just happen to know that he has a baby with Kylie Jenner and they, they're pregnant again or whatever. That's his baby mama. Um, but <laughs> I don't follow him, so I don't know him. You know, there were comments um, under these same videos that were saying, you know, well, he likes this kind of, he likes feeding off this chaotic energy. He likes feeding off of this chaos. That might be one view to look at it. But it, um, as far as any upcoming artists who are not yet on that level that Travis Scott is on, it's definitely a learning opportunity because I keep talking about controlling the crowd and commanding the crowd and influencing the energy of the show. As the artist on stage, people's attention is on you. People are actively giving you their energy. So energy manipulation, energy control, you have to be very mindful of the environment that you are creating. As an artist, in my mind, why would I want to create a chaotic, unsafe environment where people cannot feel safe coming to? And I'm all about people being good, being okay, you know? So if, if the experience is raging or mosh pit, I think something that could drastically influence these kinds of concerts in a positive way is if before the show, the artist lays down some ground rules. Like if I was a rock star or I was like acting the way Travis Scott does it, before I start any show, what's up everybody, my name is Lexi. Now as y'all know, I like to get rowdy. I like to get up, I like for, to get crazy. But what we not gonna do is we not gonna disrespect each other. We not gonna make it unsafe for everybody here. So I got some ground rules. We gonna rage out, we gonna have a good time, but here's what I need y'all to do. If it gets too crowded, back up. If you see somebody fall, help them out. If it gets too crazy, we shutting it down. We're going to wait till everybody gets back right and then we're going to we're going to we're going to get back up and party again. Like you got to set some ground rules if you're going to have that kind of situation. And I've heard I've heard and I've read comments from people who have been in mosh pits and they say people are like pushing you and punching you and throwing you, but these, the difference with these crowds is they know what they're getting into. They stay vigilant. They stay aware of their mental state. They stay aware of the people around them. And there's just more awareness of yourself and the people around you and making sure that, yes, this is what we all came for, but we all need to be safe and make it home at the end of the day. So as an artist, influencing the energy of the people in your crowd so that it won't become something like what happened at Astral World. That's one of our responsibilities. And I found a video, um, I actually went to, to research what is crowd surging and crowd density. Like I could pick apart like, you know, what does crowd density mean? That probably means how many people are together in a certain amount of space. I could piece that together, but crowd surge was a term I had never heard before this astral world situation happened. So I researched it, I went on YouTube and it's like a five minute video that popped up. Um, and you know, of course, comments were like, oh, astral world, Travis Scott tragedy brought me here. I was right there with him. And I left a comment under the video, basically, and I'm paraphrasing myself, but saying how this is why it's such a shame that artist development is not still something that labels make sure the artist gets. Because when you think about the kind of job that being an artist is, the kind of job that being a recording artist is, there's a lot that goes into it physically, mentally, financially. There's, like I said, there's crowd and energy manipulation. There's so much that you have to be aware of as an artist at different levels of your success. And so it's really a shame that there is not more artist development. Artists need to be trained for their position just like any other job in the world, in my opinion. Um, and I have some plans to help change the ignorance. I have plans to help change, um, you know, how people approach developing their craft. And since the labels aren't doing this shit, somebody better do it, right? So 
but like when you think about it, like just on a basic level, there are not even on a basic level. There are a lot of layers that go into being an artist. So it's very baffling to me. And it's kind of crazy that labels aren't putting more of an emphasis or they're not continuing em emphasis on artist development. Once you get somebody, they may have been popping from going viral one time. How often does that happen really? But you have to prepare an artist for having that work ethic to record and be in a studio all day and write and be able to tell stories and then be able to go on interviews and speak coherently and have cohesive uh, talking points, not just in your music, but also in, in your interviews. You got to have people skills because you're dealing with a lot of people at once. You have to have a great temperament because you're dealing with so many different energies. You have to know which energies to accept and which energies to kind of block yourself away from because you are being exposed to so many people. There's the, the what do you call it? The psychological and mental aspect of it, of you're going from nobody particularly thinking of you as like maybe an important person or a huge figure in, in their world to suddenly everybody wants something from you. Suddenly people want to be around you because of who you are, what they think you can do for them or what they think being around you will do for them and their status. So you're dealing with fake people. You're dealing with not knowing who's really there for you. And essentially you have to block yourself off from even people that you want to be around people that you love even people are going to switch up and change around you you have to deal with that mentally and then if you become very successful how are you going to manage the money that comes with that all of the math involved in being an artist with the clothes with the um paying for the tour with maintaining your regular bills before you got to where you are like maintaining a certain look so people think that you live a certain lifestyle it's a lot it plays on the psyche of psychology physically you are having to do shows two three four shows a week and in between those shows it's not like a regular rest you have to get your rest on airplanes on tour buses you might get you might not get a day between shows <laughs> you have to do like 50 shows in a year or like i don't know 100 shows within a year and you're on the road all the time and there's never a sense of permanence because you're always on the go. But even, and, and when you're on the go, you're going to these different cities, so much of your time is demanded. Physically, you are tired. You are being pulled from time zone to time zone. When you're on stage, you have to have um, vocal, act, like vocal stamina, vocal gymnastics. You have to be vocally fit. You have to be physically fit. Your body has to be in good shape to be able to run around on stage. But you're not getting necessarily like, you know, the, the necessary sleep that you need to allow your body to recover. And then there's the aspect of you have to make appearances and continue to keep talking to people. Even when you don't want to, you got to go to the clubs and for after parties and things of that nature after after your concert, just to wake up and be on the road for five to 10 hours to get to the next city. And then the liquor and the drugs that's involved. There's a lot. That was a long spiel. There's a lot that goes into being an artist that people do not think of. And then endorsements, if you want to be an actor or actress as well, it's just a lot. Bottom line, it's a lot. So it's crazy to me. And then relating all that back to when you are doing these shows and these concerts, there needs to be consistent artist development and artist maintenance for all different aspects of the job because there's so much. And then learning how to talk to people, how to interview, how to perform, how to get the crowd's attention, how to influence the crowd, because that's what you want at the end of the day. This is a highly influential job. And People let power get to their head. You have power as a celebrity over your fan base to where, like look at how the beehive reacts to Beyonce and when anybody disrespects Beyonce. Beyonce doesn't even have to say anything. Those people will be on whoever offended Beyonce or said something sideways about Beyonce. Beehive is gonna be on their ass, you hear me? So 
you as an artist, it's just so many things that you need to be trained on and you need to continue to be trained on and prepared for and master. So it's really crazy to me that artist development, like if anything, this should be a great reminder to why artist development is so important. Because as an artist, if you, you need to know what to look out for in the crowd. I feel like I go on tangents, but they're educational tangents. As an artist, you need to know what to look for in the crowd. When your audience goes from 50 people to 200 people, to 1,000 people, to tens of thousands of people, you need to know what to look for. You need to understand security. You need to understand crowd surges. You need to understand patterns of movement, flow patterns for how your audience is being corralled and moved throughout a festival or throughout whatever arena. You need to know your exits. You need to know the mechanics of your stage, how you can escape if something goes wrong. There's just so much. There's just so much. And when you're looking into your audience, granted, sometimes at these events, you can't see too far out, but there are certain cues that you can look for. You have to be mindful of the songs you're performing, but you also have to be vigilant of what's happening in your direct radius. So if you're seeing people falling out, passing out, or if you can even hear people um, begging you to stop the show, it's just like, come on. And then some people were trying to say like, you know, Travis probably had some in-ear monitors in. Um, I've never experienced having two in-ear monitors, like in both ears. I've only had one, but that was also like a crowd of less than 50 people. So it's not necessarily the same scale, but you can very much, I don't think it would be safe anyway to have music blasting in both ears if you're supposed to be um, aware of your surroundings, even when you're on stage, even though you have security, you should be aware of your surroundings while you are on stage. And then when you're looking out into the crowd, being able to see certain things that might be happening and be able to use your power as the artist, as the influencer, as the person who everyone is putting their focus on, you, sh- you should be able to use your influence to say, hey, what's going on right there? Or you could even distract the crowd to help the ambulance through. It's just, it's so much. It's a really, really unfortunate event, but it's a great learning lesson for all of us, especially those of us who claim we want to be artists and celebrities, right? There's a lot of responsibility that goes into it, and there are a lot of different aspects to this. So yeah, I went on, crowd surge was a term I didn't know about before this, so I went and I researched it because that's something even for me. And I'm diligent about what are certain traits and qualities I need and skills that I need to develop to be the best artist, to have longevity, and to make sure that I am competent when I go into certain situations as a recording artist. And this happening, I never even thought about the fact that I need to have basic understanding of security measures, basic understanding of what it's what it means to have a huge density of people in one space i i do i already understood the energy aspect of it i mean we're going after influence so you should already kind of know that yo it matters how you influence your audience but yeah crowd surge was something i never thought to do more research into and then energy manipulation i know the power of words But the power of being on stage is another factor that I did not look deeply enough into. So I'm, I am disgusted and saddened that this has happened, but it's brought to my eyes a better understanding of what more I could learn, what more I could do on my end to prepare myself for being in certain situations where I do have to have a a handle on my audience And um, because also, if you're not making it a safe environment for your people, why would they want to come to your shows? If it's known that people come to your shows and they don't leave alive, why would I spend my money to be a part of that environment? So I don't know. It's just so many things, so many things. And these will these are definitely great um, videos to make in the future as far as crowd surges and energy manipulation and commanding the crowd, all of that good stuff. So. You know, we kind of already talked about 
who is to blame for this situation. And I can't believe people are trying to take responsibility off of Travis because it starts with him. It's his event. What people don't like about being the boss, everybody says they want to be the boss, but they don't understand what it's like being the boss or being the leader. No matter what happens, if you are the leader, if you are the figurehead, if you are the spokesperson, anything that goes wrong, it is your fault. It doesn't matter who is under you who actually caused the issue. It is your fault because it's a breakdown in your team structure. It's a breakdown in whatever you organize. So yes, Travis is at fault. For the, if for nothing else, for the simple fact that his name is on it and he is attached to it. So yes, it is his fault. Fight me, argue with me. It is his fault. He influenced the crowd to act a certain way and he got a certain result. So he is definitely to blame. Who else is there to blame? Honestly, it goes back down to Travis and his team because I heard there were like, what, 50,000 people, but only 500 security guards. So how many zeros is the difference in that? Two zeros? I don't know the math for real, but that's thousands of people, hundreds, hundred, hundred, multiple hundreds to thousands of people to one security guard. Like, what is that? 2,000 people to one? I don't know. At least a thousand people to one security. I don't know. Don't I don't do mental math like that. But yeah, it's crazy. One, two, three. Let's look at this. Five hundred. Oh, that's one right there. Oh wait, I can't just do that. It's one zero. Let's just say there's definitely over 100 people per security guard. Yeah, I'm not good with this math stuff. Anyway, um, so yeah, Travis is definitely to blame, but it comes down to the team and the planning. You're encouraging people to come in, break in, push down the barricades, ignore security, knowing that you don't have enough security for the event in the first place. That's really crazy to me. And um, so there's just no way if something crazy happened, there's just no way that the security guards could control the crowd, especially if the crowd is being encouraged by the ringleader to act out, to be belligerent, to not respect authority, essentially. Um, so I blame the entire team involved for this. But I think what's also interesting is who is not being blamed what's not being brought up or who is to blame for this situation as well. So I just want more light on myself for those who are watching this. Mm, it ain't working. It ain't about to work, is it? Oh my God. It's not gonna work. Ah! Luckily, you no know, titties popped up. Okay, that's not bad. Okay, so then, okay. The other part that I find really interesting that no one is actively putting the blame on. You can't help that you are, you can't help that you were maybe injured or even that this resulted in death, but I am going to also blame the people at the concert because as I mentioned earlier, there is way too much praising going on of this guy who is only a man, he is not a god. You are like it irritates me because people as individuals, we have power. Yet we are looking up to one man to come save us. We're looking up to one person to come save us. I commend whoever those people were in that video where they were, you know, they climbed up on the um, on the media stand and they tried to get the attention of the cameraman like, hey, stop the show. That is taking action. But as for the people who you see someone trampled underneath you, you see someone pass out next to you. Like, who are the people who just stood there and watched that happen? Who are the people that just watch someone fall out and be like, oh, <laughs> or damn, that's crazy. Like the mentality of people at this show, the ones who did nothing to help, I blame the people who were at the concert. It's too crowded. 
I know for me, I have a personal responsibility to myself to get myself out of that situation, free of harm as much as I can, at least, you know? I personally, like, like I said earlier, I would not be in that situation. I don't like crowds like that. I don't like when people bump into me. So I'm definitely not gonna be in a situation where I'm so crammed into the next person that I can't breathe. Cause now you're threatening my life. You're threatening my ability to get home safely. You are threatening my temple, which is my body. And um, I would be extremely uncomfortable in a situation like that. A concert, a festival, that kind of situation does not seem appealing to me. So I have to question the kind of people who went to the concert and the ones who listen to Travis who are raging out and mosh, doing mosh things and, you know, pushing and like, where, where's the humanity is what I wonder. So I place blame on the people who went as well, because you see someone next to you falling out. You don't do anything to help them. You lose someone in the crowd. They're getting trampled. You don't feel someone under your feet. You don't feel that you're not on solid ground. And I just don't understand. And you're looking to the stage, stop the show, stop the show. Those people played their role as well. But at what point did anyone say, man, maybe I should be the one to try to pick this person up. Maybe I should be the one to call 911. And unfortunately... Unfortunately, I know this is a factor. I know this is a factor. If people are already so densely crowded together, how can you bend down to pick someone up? If ambulance can't get through the crowd, what good is calling 911? If the people who do get there, the medics who do manage to get to the person who's passed out or possibly dead next to me, if they do manage to get through the crowd to help, do they even know CPR? Or me, myself, as the individual watching this happen. I've taken CPR training. You have to be, you have to be able, you have to be in a safe environment to even perform CPR. And the person has to be flat on their back on a level surface. So I get it, it's hard. But at the same time, it's like, at what point did the people say, I've had enough? This is not safe for me. I should not be here. Like 300 people injured at an event where everyone's just supposed to be chilling and having a good time. Like that's insane to me, bro. Like that is insane to me. So I don't know what kind of people were there. And I know people were scared. That definitely plays a role as well. Being afraid will cause you to act in a way that is uncharacteristic of how you thought you would you would act oh I thought a titty popped out oops sorry um it's it's good nothing popped out but yeah so I, I I think it's not focused on enough that the people who went to this concert are also to blame somebody gonna be mad at me for saying that but it's true the people who went are also to blame so yeah that covers who to blame off of my list. Now, I guess the last part we can talk about, I meant for this to be more educational, but I guess it's more so just my thoughts on Astral World. The last part are the conspiracies coming out about this. You know, there are a lot of talks about the evil of the industry and rituals that have to be performed to kind of solidify someone's success, to solidify their financial gain. And there's a lot of talk of sacrifice being made and the imagery of, well, the symbolism of the eight flames on stage and then the reports being that eight people died during this event. Um, And then there is the imagery of, I forget what it's called, but like the gates or the gates or the mouth to hell or something like that, where Travis's face is a mouth opening going into this astral world and then people said they look around and it's chaos it looks like hell it feels like hell and then eight people die those are the sacrifices there's this eye on stage that's like it that looked crazy to me it looked demonic to me the eye that was on stage looking around at everything it reminds me of the eye from 
Lord of the Rings from, you know, the twin tower, the two towers. Um, it was just creepy. And then sayings like, see you on the other side. The other side of what? Some people would say, oh, that just means the other side of the gates, you know, once you get into the venue. But then you see like the mouth of hell, the gates of hell, the imagery is there. So I'll see you on the other side. Like we're, we're going from this earthly plane to this spiritual plane, this plane in hell. And then the death and the chaos, the fear that people must have felt. There were comments saying like, oh, we're, they're basically practicing for hell. And um, other comments saying, well, you know, Travis and Kylie, Kylie's a witch. The Kardashians and Jenners are witches. And Travis is doing a sacrifice to uh, stay relevant or stay successful in the industry. That is definitely something that comes up a lot. The rituals. What's crazy is these rituals seem to be way more public, right? Like, and there's in general, like a whole trend going on. Like I follow this other page called Hypergamous Hive. And there's um, this one post she put about the city girls turning up the ratchet. And it was in response to like Young Miami releasing her latest song and the video. I don't know the, the name of it. But it's like less than two minutes of a song from what I understand. But just the consistent imagery that's coming out. And it will be masked as like some kind of sexual deviancy, right? So, and it, it's, it's very apparent. These things are way more blatant, right? And people get so upset because... The music is so overly sexualized and the imagery is overly sexualized and explicit. It's been happening in our faces consistently for a few months now, if not years. I mean, just off the top of my head, right? I mentioned the City Girls to mention like, we got this imagery from Astral World of it being the gates of hell and the chaos and the murder and the death that's happening around that and people comparing you know, the atmosphere of the concert to hell and the bad vibes. So you have that. You got the Montero music video for Lil Nas X where he literally rides a stripper pole down to hell and sleeps with the devil, gives the devil a lap dance. And then you have like WAP, which is overly sexualized. You got heavy leather, leather, heavy leather, heavy, um, like dominatrix type themes same thing in that in the video for young miami's new song i i do not know the name of it because i don't follow city girls like that either i'll shake my ass to their music when i'm in the club but i don't follow them like that because they're not they don't represent the kind of woman i strive to present myself as now they might be my personality in the bedroom or something but i don't that's not an image that is going to be granted for everyone i'll say but Apparently in Young Miami's video, it's like dark and dominatrix and leather and overly sexualized. And then Megan the Stallion taking pictures as a little demon or a little devil. Lil Nas X with the bloody shoes, advertising that actual human blood went into the shoes. And then his blatant imagery of going to hell and sleeping with the devil for fame and fortune and it's just wild. There's so much blatant imagery in our faces. I'll even go, Normani was another one that came to my mind. Um, wild side. There was a portion of that video where she was in like leather and bent over and contorted in different positions, just overly sexualized. It's like, why are we being so overly sexualized? Like it's crazy. It really is. It's crazy. So those are the other conspiracies. Like, you know, the imagery that's coming out being so in our face. It's... And I, I really... I have no more words on that. All I can... All that comes to mind is, damn, that's crazy. But I will say, we need to be very careful of who we're consuming, what we're consuming, how we're consuming things because, and this is, this is something that just makes me think like, damn, is this why I'm not famous yet? Because I'm too hip 
to all of this stuff that I see because I haven't slept with the right person yet. Like I, I'm not really trying to sleep my way into success. I don't want to surrender my body for that. Is this why I'm not successful? Because I see the rituals. I see how I would have to step into a certain caricature that they would want me to play. And then black women, it's like, why are we so overly sexualized in the industry? If I became signed to a major, is this what they would morph my image into? I want to bring back love. I want to bring back talking about real situations in music and getting people to care about each other like that. I think what breaks my heart more about the whole astral world situation is knowing that people forgot how much power they have within themselves, like as an individual and seeing how people allow themselves to be led astray. People allow themselves to be influenced to do dumb stuff like this. And it that's what breaks my heart. It's stuff like this that makes you kind of lose faith in humanity. Like, how can we treat each other this way? And then we're desensitized to it a lot of times. Like, it's just crazy to me. It really is. And it's interesting to look at. Like, how do I influence people who seemingly don't care about the fellow man or don't have value for life and that's made evident by some people you see someone passed out or possibly dead right next to you and you continue to try to party or you're so afraid for you for losing your own life that you just you forget that there are other people here who are afraid as well it's very scary or you see these people pass out and you just, oh, they're just high. They're just drunk. And to those people who may have just been on drugs or had a bad trip, like, why do you allow yourself to lose control to where you can't get yourself out if something scary like that happens? Like, it's it's weird to me. It is really, really weird and it's scary. So... I'm going to have to end on that because I'm pretty sure I reached over an hour on content talking about this. But yeah, what happened at Astro World is absolutely horrifying. But it is a great learning lesson for everyone going to concerts and especially for artists to learn crowd control, to learn security measures, to learn how you might plan better so something like this doesn't happen at your concerts to think about the kind of music you are creating and producing that's going to influence people's minds and it's going to influence how people act like there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation going around like we're in spiritual warfare and we have been in spiritual warfare for quite some time but it's becoming so blatant and so in our faces and I guess I would rather it be out front for me to see it versus having to guess who is real or having to guess who partakes in certain activities. But it's just like, it really makes it hard to believe in people. And it makes you scared for your own ability. Like, what am I capable of? If I was in that situation, would I, I would probably try to fend for myself too. So I'm trying to make sure I extend a level of grace to the people at this concert, but it's still like, the main thing with me is, Travis is to blame, security, promotion, his whole team is to blame for what happened, but so are the people who went and in a sense allowed this to happen because they were looking to this one man to stop the show instead of policing themselves. Like, let me chill out, let me, have some decency. Let me care about someone else's life and someone else's safety other than my own so that we can all have a good time and go home safely. It's just, I don't know. These are the things I think about, but those are my thoughts on what happened at Astral World. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Let me know in the comments section, you know, what you think about 
what happened at Astral World. And um, for those of you who are viewing live, thank you so much. If you are viewing this live, it's because you are a supporter of mine. And um, as a patron, you will see this content as I'm recording live. And then as soon as I upload the edited piece of content, if you are just a regular supporter, you're not a Patreon, you're not a patron of mine, I would highly recommend that if you want to view the live streaming of this and to get in on the live conversation, become a patron of mine by going to www.patreon.com slash LexiATL. And for just $5 a month, you will get this access, this early access, as well as exclusive content that will not be shared with the general public. But um, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify or an other or other podcast network, make sure you like this, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow, make sure you turn on any notifications that would let you know when I'm posting new content so you can be up to date with what's being posted. And I would really appreciate your support, you know? So just just, just like this, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in and joining in on the conversation with me. Um, I do hope you enjoyed it. And let me know if you like this content that I'm bringing that's, you know, more recent. Or if you want more tutorials or if I should keep going with both of those things. But thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Lexi. Until next time, peace.